Hey, what's up, everybody? This is a very special Black Tribbles Michelle mission episode coming your way as the men of Michelle, Vince and Len, do a quick little review of the first two episodes of Star Trek Discover. Star Trek Discovery. Discovery. I said Discovery. You said Discovery. You're thinking about the credit card. I sure was. That no one actually... Does anyone you know actually have a Discover card? I know no one who has a Discover card. I believe it's a conspiracy and no one actually has a Discover card. You think it's a conspiracy? I think it is some type of conspiracy. I don't know for what. I haven't really fleshed it out. But there are like a million Discover commercials. No one knows anybody with a Discover card, though. You and your theory. I'm just saying. Where's the law? I, I, I suppose you're. I suppose you're right. right. Uh, the Star Trek Discovery, which stars uh, Sonequa Martin Green as Michael Burnham, um, Sonequa last seen on The Walking Dead. Yes, but she yes. left The Walking Dead for the the lead role in Star Trek Discovery. You also have uh, Doug Jones as Saru, the science yes. officer. Shazad Latif as Ash Tyler, a Starfleet lieutenant. Anthony Rapp, Mary Weissman, Jason Isaacs as Gabriel Lorca, uh, as well as in a very special guest role, Michelle Yao. Yes, yes indeed. On these first two episodes of CBS's Star Trek Discovery, which actually aired on the CBS network on Sunday night. Yeah, hope you caught it. I hope you did, because all <laughs> subsequent episodes yeah. will premiere and live on CBS' uh, new streaming platform, CBS All Access. Do you think that's going to continue? That it'll stay on Like, there? how long do you think it's going to stay on this, this streaming channel? Well, I think over under. Over under. I'd say uh, over a year. Really? Yes. I'm giving it six months. Well, technically, the season might be over in six months. Okay. So. But but I assumed that like I thought the plan was to just keep it there though like even after the season is over if you wanted to see it. It, it was proprietary and it'd be there. No, that well, they have some some plans for, for the series um, outside of CBS All Access. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But let's talk about the show itself. The both of us yes. are huge Star Trek fans. Yes. This show set uh, basically a prequel. Yes. But it is a prequel to the Star Trek movies yes. that have recently uh, been out the last three, which was uh, Star Trek. Star Trek in the Darkness. And then now Star Trek Beyond. Yes. So it's a prequel to that world, which is a reboot of the Star Trek universe as we know it. Yes. Thus allowing them the latitude to not only tell uh, new stories, but as well as present new takes on some old characters and old Starfleet um, ways. Yes, and and chronologically it's it's what 10 years before or Enterprise. Before before the Enterprise that we yeah. all know and love. Okay? Well, that we all know and love from the movies. Yes, yes. Cuz yes. some people may not that's not 
for some people, that's not their enterprise. It's ten years before Kirk. It's by ten, Chris Pine. Yes, it's, it's, I just want to make the distinction. I know it's ten BK. There you 10 go. Ten BK. There you go. There you go. So, um, so, so, what'd you think? I actually, I watched the show. It is produ- It was produced by by Brian Fuller, right? Who was the producer uh, and um, creative mind behind Hannibal, which okay. is probably singularly one of the most gorgeous television shows I have seen in the last 20 years. I've heard people, I've never actually seen an episode, but I've heard people say that about Hannibal. Hannibal is, along with being just a very rich story, is an extremely exquisite um, feast for the eyes to watch. And the first thing that I was struck by in watching uh, this series, these two episodes, is that Wow, this is a good-looking TV show. A lot of money. There's a lot of money put in there, and there's a lot not of money. a wasted cent, man. From the opening, which it, uh, opens on the eye yeah. of Lacumba, yeah, who is a Klingon, yeah, fighting to bring. Um, bring the 24 houses of Klingon back together. That that opening that it starts in his eyes and you see the view of space and it, then it comes inward into the Klingon ship, which with all its pageantry and militaristic spikes and spears sticking all out of the ship and, and the Klingon... Um, uniforms to the bridge of the the lead ship in Star Trek Discovery uh, in this the first two episodes and I can't remember the name of the ship the Xingzhao Xingzhao or something yeah, like Xingzhao, that I believe. but it's just a gorgeous ship oh yeah it's a gorgeous oh, ship yeah. a gorgeous bridge yeah and oh, yeah. I'm like man this is a breathtaking piece of work man yeah oh yeah I so it 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 pulled me in okay it did pull me in. I like Sonequa Martin-Green. Yeah. She was, she's a nice vessel by which to uh, be introduced into this world. Yeah. Doug Jones is doing his doing his Doug Jones on, even though he's hidden behind um, makeup in the alien role of Saru. You know, his comedy is coming out. Oh, yeah. His comedic oh, yeah. timing. Um, He's like pitch perfect. The Star Trek DNA is definitely in his character. Most certainly. Yeah. Um, I found myself as I was watching it that for the most part. For the most part, I I enjoyed it. Okay. I did. I I I liked a lot of it. I liked the visuals. I liked the story. wasn't super. Um, super uh, uh, complex, but. If there was an, enough of it that I was a little interested, you know, they didn't want to give you everything right at, sure, at sure. the front, but uh, they gave me enough that I'm like, okay, let's see what's what's the deal with these Klingons. These Klingons have they don't look like they're not your mother's Klingons. No, they're not no, my no, Klingons. No, they're not no, the Klingons no. I grew up. No, on. no, no. Um, they are totally different, um, and also the Klingons bring with them the hugest member of this cast because. 
Boy, does the Klingon story put a big elephant in the room. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes, yes. Um, they put a oh, boy, they put they put Dumbo's mom in the like, middle of this. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now Brian Fuller, while he still is going to be continuing on in as an executive producer, right, and has story credit on this first story. Something happened along the way of making this show. Yeah. And he left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's, a, and there's rumors of whether or not he left or was asked to leave. We don't know. Um, but he disassoci- he's disassociated with the, from it's, the show. It, hasn't that been the history of Star Trek at this point, though? Like, for the past 15 years? You think so? Like, this, I think, you know, whether you're talking about New Trek... Or mm-hmm. you know the Kelvin universe. Okay. Whether you're talking, I mean, you, which is the Trek that everybody which grew Trek up that on. we? No, no, no. The Kelvin. Oh no, that's the new right, one. Right, the, the new, new one. one. You know, you're talking. You can you go back to Enterprise and Voyager. There was all. There's. There's oftentimes been this talk about behind the scenes. Okay. Tension. Okay. Yeah. So that you know, in my mind, that's sort of Trek at this point. I guess. Like it's always some behind the scenes scuffling. It's usually Gene Roddenberry though. Well, or or Gene Roddenberry's people, because okay, you know right. even after he's died, there are people that are seen as, you know, the successor right. to Roddenberry's vision, and then there are other people. But but go ahead, go ahead. I just want no, to I, point I, out. I, I don't think that's that that's my my opening. That's your opening. I mean, I agree with everything you said about the visuals. I, I think it's a, I think it's a very good looking show. I think uh, Sonequa 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 Green is is a great face for this. And I think she really gets across the wonder mm-hmm. and the optimism that I think separates Star Trek at its best. The optimism? The optimism. She's not the most optimistic person in this. Well, early on, like okay, early, you, you know, that, that sort of, I, I think Star Trek is at its heart, the part of it that I like about exploration. Right. And, you know, like, even the first couple of scenes. And okay, even, yeah. Like, I think she wants to be out. She's a good face for that. And that mm-hmm. comes across. I think. With those soulful eyes. I, I think in a lot of ways, I was very frustrated, though. Okay. By how good it looked. I mean, first and foremost, it's like, I think I would have liked it better. But I also would have disliked it more if it wasn't called Star Trek. Like, if this was just space opera and, you know, in the spirit of Star Trek and, you know, this much money was put into it and this much detail was put into everything and and they they brought an actress of the caliber of Sonequa Jones. Martin. Sonequa Martin. Sonequa Martin Green and, and Doug Jones and, you know, Michelle Yao. I would have really liked that. I, okay. I think it was, you know, and, and anybody who was sort of paying attention to any of of the the stories leading up to this and the casting, I think many of us knew, and, and we're spoiled, this is a spoiler review. That's a, it's a spoiler review, but hold off on blatantly spoiling it just yet. Well, I, I mean, we have to talk about Michelle Yao, though. Okay. Like, I mean, we have to, I mean, you know. We do. And by the end of the two episodes, Michelle Yao was dead. So that... I think so much of the publicity and so much, so many of the clips kind of promised this really interesting relationship between these two women of color mm-hmm. in a command position 
mm-hmm. and you know and in these conversations that they had and and you know from a, some of the stills and things that I've seen it looks like they may lean heavy on flashback okay so that I don't I think we'll see more of Michelle Yao's character but I, you know I just it's and, and it kind of speaks to our conversation about the the more recent movies I, I just feel like so much of what's happening with Star Trek now is is almost copyright protection like it's just sort of spinning its wheels like like you know here's some Klingons here's some Vulcans just to keep the copyright you you know you, you know, right we know Harry Mudd is coming you, you know I'm sure there'll be some tribbles at some point Jonathan Frakes has already slipped. There's going to be a Mirror Mirror episode. Like, I feel like these aren't even spoilers mm-hmm. because everybody knows what's going to come. Right. Because everybody who likes Star Trek knows the Star Trek stuff. And I, I just, I get very frustrated as a fan of Star Trek because I think what drew many of us to Star Trek was this really thoughtful exploration of something else. And you know, it's only been two episodes. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's a prequel, the fact that, like, you know, can, can I get a proper Star Trek? Like, can I get, like, like, can I get a first episode with Jean-Luc Picard retired and sending out the, the Enterprise, you know, whatever letter they're on at this point. Okay. And, you know, and they're going further. They are boldly going. Okay. Other thing, it was very exciting. It was space battles. It was intrigue. But it, it's funny. I saw a review of... Are you watching The Orville? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, are, you, are you a Seth MacFarlane guy? Not really. Me either. So, like, I, I don't... I had no interest in actually watching The Orville. But I saw a review of an episode, I think last week, where they said they dealt with gender reassignment. Okay. Like, surgical gender reassignment and cultural norms and how they kind of... And I, the first thing I thought when I saw that was, this is what Star Trek should be doing. Like, Star Trek should be dealing with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've had three movies, you know, of, of, you know, whiz, bang, boom. And, you know, in these two episodes, which, again, are prequels. There's a baby crying in the background, ladies and gentlemen. It has nothing to do with us. It has though. nothing to do with us. <laughs> That's right. we, our hands are clean. It has everything to do with Lily Dribble and her grandson. And, <laughs> and the, the boy got, got his hand on her jewelry. And that's a no-no. That isn't. See? See? He's boldly going. so you know I guess that by the end of it I like her a lot but by the end of the two episodes I was just uh, like I was like eh see eh." well there was a part of me that was kind of like that however I didn't foresee what happens to her at the end Um, I didn't think they were going to go all the way with it Um, so I'll keep something unspoiled um, it's so I like that, and I also appreciate, and I know it is hard for Star Trek fans to do so. While I can see your argument about them going forward, yes, right, I also understand that to go forward for them now would be to be setting precedents for what is the lead of the franchise right now, or at least for the time being, the movies. And you, know, you, know, and you don't want to handicap 
the movies with the television show, then why have the show at all? Well, because the show, by being a prequel, allows you to uh, rewrite that history that technically hasn't happened anymore. But how much is it being rewritten? Because again, it's well, just a because critical... they're going to have a mirror, mirror episode, just because they have Klingons, just because they may have Harry Mud and things of that nature, doesn't mean that these characters are going to be acting and and reacting exactly the same. Case in point, the Klingons. The Klingons, while they are still a very militaristic uh, 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 race in this show, their look is dramatically. Yes. Different. I love the design. Radically different. Um, I think they even lean even more on the spiritual aspects of the Klingons. The whole idea of them lining their ships with the coffins of the dead. I right. thought that was a very cool idea. It, it's a, I, I agree Cause, with you. Because it's like your remaining Klingon. That's the one thing that they were saying in there. I also love that the Klingons were speaking Klingon throughout the show. Yes. When they were in the midst of Klingons, they were speaking Klingon. So I, I like that. Also, going back to that, that uh, Dumbo in the corner, when would you have seen... A albino, an albino Klingon, uh, an albino Klingon. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Which we all know what that kind of points to. Yes, subtle. Uh, not not super subtle, <laughs> and and also when the albino Klingon is introduced and he basically has the to some degree, it, it, to some degree he's introduced with the personality of Alexander. Worf's son, somebody that is like not not totally accepted as sure. a Klingon, yet he shows that unlike Alexander, Worf's son, he has grown to this this boy is one hundred percent Klingon as much as he can be. Sure, in 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 his stature and the way he comports himself and everything like that, um, and also in the deference that he shows to his leader, Lakumva. Yes. Um, You're hitting them Klingon names. You're hitting them. I'm trying to, man. <laughs> uh, the man was saying them. Yeah. You know? And you heard Kalis in there. I was yeah. like, okay, that, that's that's for you old school. He's giving it to you for your old school. Uh, Stovacore. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of that the, the original Klingon in there. Um, but yet, But then, see, what bothered me was that at the end of the episode, yeah. it looks like Albino... Yes. Or Albine Rock, I forget his name, is going to have his status elevated a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I didn't like that. I, that, was, that was a little problematic. Yeah, again, I'm, yeah. all of these really neat ideas, why not just make a brand new race? Why not just make some brand new aliens? Well, because... Because... The historically, the story of Star Trek. They're trying to they're trying to give they're trying to give you you you. Uh, I shouldn't say you, me too. But the Star Trek history, you know, nut jobs. Uh, a, it's a, a little bit of what you ha- had a, before. You know, they have their relationship with the Vulcans. Yes. I really love James Frain as Sarek. I loved his portrayal of Sarek. 
if I never see Sarek ever again. Okay, true. True. Over under for a teen Spock. Over under for teen Spock showing up. We're not going to see teen Spock. For, for what? For how many episodes? We're not going to see him at all. Why, why are you saying, why are you so definitive saying that? Because I don't believe, because this is 10 years before the Spock who was in the series. Right, so he's probably like 14. In a movie series. He's probably like 20 right now. I don't think we're going to see. There, he may be referenced. There is no way they're keeping him on the shelf. We, we won't see Team Spock. I bet you. If you see won't. Team Spock, then everybody's going to be waiting for Team Team McCoy, I, Team Kirk. It, team depending McCoy. on how long this thing goes, season finale, there's a shot of Team Spock. If it goes this long, season, this, I don't. How many episodes are in this season? Because I have to say, as soon as I found out you had to subscribe to CBS, I didn't. I didn't get like I don't even know how this thing is working. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just tell you. you didn't know that that was part of the deal no 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 I did but I thought it was so stupid that they would change their mind before it aired like I saw 8 million people watch it last night mm-hmm. and it's like there's no way 8 million people are signing up for the CBS's streaming service it doesn't say how many episodes right there's no way there's not a shot of teen Spock before the end of the first season no we're not going to see him this is a nostalgia stroke fest. We're not going to see the it. whole thing. And there's no way Spock is roaming around and we don't see it. Sarek is roaming around, but we're not going to get teen Spock. Sarek is cool. Sarek is Sarek cool. Sarek don't need Spock. Sarek don't need Spock. Sarek don't need Spock when you have to have Leonard Nimoy play Spock. Oh, that's true. But, um... And there's so much smart science fiction going on like again that's what frustrates me as a star trek fan but then what's wrong with what's wrong with that star that smart side if it's smart science fiction and that also is a a, a, a huge aspect of what star trek is has been traditionally and has been so what's the problem well, then what's your problem the problem is as much as i love like i was talking to some people earlier and it was like it was such a perfect encapsulation of my of my relationship with all this. Like I was watching it and you know, we talked about the fact that I'm burning through orphan black, mm-hmm. but like the fifth season isn't on Amazon yet. Yeah, no. So now I'm trying to doil them out a little bit. So I was watching it last night thinking, well, let me just go ahead and finish watching star Trek. Cause I don't want to watch orphan black. Cause I'm trying to luxuriate with them. Right. But then I looked at my watch and I said, Oh, has Rick and Morty come on yet? Well, Rick and Morty is on, but let me let it, tape a little bit so I have some time to fast forward commercials mm-hmm. Star Trek should be in that conversation about smart science fiction dealing with you know kind of ethical dilemmas like you know you, or, Orphan Black is you know uh, 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 you, you know uh, issues of identity and fertility and gene therapy and I, you, you know all of this different stuff Rick and Morty kind of built into its DNA is this whole thing about multiple universes and what does your personhood actually mean if there are various versions of you. And this, you know, it's it's going to be some dudes. With, See, I disagree. And, and with, this with some one, goatees. And this one, you have Sonequa Martin Green's character, Michael Burnham, which I love that she has a very masculine name. Right. Um, she is the first human. To be basically raised and schooled 
as a Vulcan. Yes. So I lo- I love that aspect. And you and before they even said it, you could see her like comporting herself almost vul- like Vulcan Vulcanese um, throughout the show. And I was wondering like, oh, is she just like the cold? She's just a cold, logical person. Oh no, they they give you the backstory a little right. bit that she was raised basically as a Vulcan. Um, and, but that running counter to her human side um, and her trying to rationalize the two in a very, very bold move that she makes at the end of episode one. It's almost like she's half Spock warring with her dual natures and then she makes a very Kirk-like move. See, I think you're dumbing it down a little bit too much. I Where's the lie? Well, perhaps. But I liked I I Hey. I appreciated okay, that. Hey, I'm not trying to rain open nobody's parade. I also appreciated Doug Jones as Saru. The, the I liked conversation. Him a lot. I liked it. And I yeah. liked the, his conversation with her about how, you know, he could feel death coming on yeah. because of how his, his race. Yeah. His race had basically has been food. They have I, been prey. Yeah, I like the fact that I think he's gonna be around. Yeah. You I know. like that, man. Yeah. Um, the the other characters on the show, they, I mean, they basically people get words here and there, but you really there's nothing to define them so right, much, right? And um, now it doesn't really matter. <laughs> point. Um, but uh, I just, I just, but, but that, and that's a shame because one of the crewmen was really cool because it was basically like just this helmet. Yeah. Like this robotic helmet. And I yeah. think that was really like a cool look. Look, I was waiting. Artificial intelligence. Star Trek. Like this is stuff Star Trek should be doing. And maybe they're going to do it. Maybe they are going you know, to do it. You know, it's only two episodes. Vince, but, it's only two episodes, Vince. But again, based. They have to do a Vulcan hello. Based, of, based on Enterprise and the Kelvin universe, I don't have a lot of confidence in this regime. Which it's. Dude, I said it. When, when were we talking about this? A year ago? It's yeah. too much money in the room. Okay, but see, but... It's too much I don't think money it's fair to in com- the room. I don't think it's f- fair to compare it to Enterprise because, one, it's a wholly different people behind this. Yes, but it's still a billion-dollar enterprise. Okay, yeah, but it's still it's a whole different group of people. I, I bet it's some of the same lawyers and copyright lawyers and franchise gatekeepers. Uh, perhaps, but the, the creatives are wholly different. Yes, they are. So I don't think it... it, it that that's fair and the other thing that the enterprise creatives a lot of them steeped in next generation deep space nine and voyager as well as the subsequent movies yeah the next generation movies by the time they had gotten to enterprise even though there was a little bit of gap they admittedly were a little burnt out absolutely so and it showed yeah okay um i don't feel that here now I will say, I am, I am uh, a little skeptical yes. because Brian Fuller is not a point. Like, I wasn't. I, I, I like you wasn't that jazzed up about a Star Trek and then finding out it's going to be a prequel, even though it's a prequel to the Kelvin universe. I wasn't even that left me even less jazzed. Right. But knowing right. that Brian Fuller was going to be behind it, that was the sole reason before any of the casting. That I was like, all right, I'm in. Right, I'm gonna check this out. So while I know at least the story is, 
is that he left them some breadcrumbs sure. for all the other creators, uh, breadcrumbs to follow. He really is not going to have anything else to do except for executive producer credit right. for the rest of the way. So I would be interested to see, you know, if they can keep the train on the wheel, on, 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 on the tracks uh, after this episode. After I hope these you're two right. Episodes. I hope you're right. I I have no confidence whatsoever, and I think it's too much money in the room again. And again, I'm just repeating what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. I think this is. It's so funny. We were talking about Batman off mic when we were talking about this newest run of Batman. Right. I think that within these corporate constraints, mm-hmm. there is so much money involved. Right. There's only so much you can do, and I don't care. You you bring in um, Charles Booker from Black Mirror, like all these shows that I just list. You bring in Justin Rowland from Rick and Morty. You bring in Charles Booker from Black Mirror. You bring in everybody. At the end of the day, you can't threaten the lunchboxes, and unfortunately, so much of what made Star Trek Star Trek was this really controversial cutting edge i mean i think we were talking about nichelle nichols last week with truck turner i don't think we really understand how radical the character of yuhura was Mm -hmm. i don't think we understand how radical the character of Chekhov was Mm -hmm. yeah maybe he just looked like davy jones from the monkeys but the fact that he was a russian at this moment Mm -hmm. these were real risks Okay. And part of the reason Roddenberry was able to take these risks is, frankly, wasn't as much money involved. Well, I think it is still very much a risk, even now in 2017, to have uh, this show, Star Trek, have a black female lead. Black female lead, but again, we're talking in Star Trek terms now. She's the lead. She's not the captain. Well, and, and I think, but I think that's interesting. I think that is interesting. I think it's safe. And I don't think that's safe. I think, I think it, the safe way is to I make think, the captain the I lead. I think the meltdown that the neckbeards and some of the people had about Michelle Yeoh being the captain and her being the first officer and all of the pushback that got all through the summer, I think the reset by the end where we have a white male, I'm assuming heterosexual, I don't know, but heterosexual guy in charge is very comfortable and very safe. Okay. Okay. Well, that person may be in charge of the ship, may yes. be the captain. And I guess historically the captain role has been the big role in the Star Trek universe. But I think that Sonequa Martin-Green will continue to be the lead yes. in the show, will be the story that is followed um, most by the audience, right. that we'll be asked to become be most invested in and will become invested in. And I think that while the captain may be this white, possibly heterosexual, whatever, male, uh, I think he will be more akin to Martin Sheen in The West Wing. He was the president, but he wasn't the lead. I think that's a bad example because, as you know, in The West Wing, as it went on, he got a bigger and bigger role. He got a bigger and bigger role, but he was never the lead. Because, and that's because The West Wing, more to the point, and I think probably more than this show will prove to be, was more of 
an ensemble. As much as they try to make Star Trek feel like there are ensembles, right, it's always it's Star always Trek, the three. It's, it's always, always the, the three. three. Yeah. I think the only the only Star Trek that was truly truly an ensemble was Deep Space Nine. Yes. That was an ensemble. And I say that because in many ways, especially after season four, Avery Brooks and uh, Michael Dorn were co-leads yes. on that show. So that was very much of, a, of an ensemble. Ensemble. The rest of the the shows have always been basically a, a, a typical cast. Right, right. And I think that ultimately that's how this show will play out. Well... I guess we shall see. I shall see because I have CBS. All I was about access. to say, so you're actually going to get, you're, you're doing it. You've I'm, done it. I'm doing it because, all right. because I want to, I want to see what it, what it's about. I was intrigued. I liked it enough. Um, and it's on a monthly basis. After the season's over, I can debt it. Okay. Now, you were talking about what's going to happen afterwards. The funny thing is, is that after the season, I don't know if it's immediately after the season or maybe like a couple of months after the season. Right. The plan is for Star Trek Discovery to go on to Netflix. Oh. Overseas and in Canada. See? It will not. But that's CBS is doing. That's no, not Netflix no, doing. No, I get it. <laughs> CBS is doing is that, yes, it could go on to Netflix, but it won't go on to Netflix in the USA. In the USA, it will stay moored right. to CBS All Access. Well, I am curious to see how this all washes out because I suspect, based on my very anecdotal Star Trek research, that the market for an original Trek like this or something that references original Trek like, like this isn't like sexy like Kelvin Trek with Chris Pond in them, I suspect that it's going to skew pretty, pretty old. Not pretty old, but older. Okay, true. And I'm wondering how much of that audience will they be happy with that demographic? Is is well, a you're asking me, will they be happy? I'm I'm saying that's what you're wondering. No, I'm wondering if that audience streams. Like I don't know how many mm. people are streaming NCIS on their laptops or their tablets. I think there's more than a few. Well, like I said, I I don't know. Like let's be clear, I don't know. But it's I one, am curious. But it's one thing to be streaming it on your laptops through some aspect that you know. Right, like maybe right. Like maybe it, the old NCIS is on Netflix, and you're streaming it there. And even if you don't watch them, you can always catch up on some other show. But I, 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 I always think, I think that part of the reason that the Big Bang Theory and these NCISs and these CSIs are such colossal hits. hits is because the audience that watches them primarily watch their 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 television, watch their shows on actual televisions. Mm -hmm. Like I think a streaming audience has traditionally been a different audience than one who supports CBS. That's true. And the type of person that gets excited about the casting of Harry Mudd is not the same person who streams you know, I don't know. Whatever it is the kids are streaming. That siren you heard, ladies and gentlemen, are the police uh, coming to the house for <laughs> young Jada. Because Lily Tribble, I told you, she terrible. don't play that. That is terrible. She don't play I will not sit here and let you talk about Lily Tribble like that. 
They're upstairs, officer. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad you have the. I'm glad you have the subscription. Yeah, I'm glad you have the subscription. So you know, I'll touch base maybe in a couple of episodes. And okay, and let me know. Let you know how it's going. All right. Let you know what you're missing. All right. Hey man, convince me, and, and let's be very, very clear. I don't want this Star Trek to do anything but win. I am in its corner. Like I said, I am frustrated because I want it to be the best that it can be. But you're not going to put nine ninety nine behind it. No, I'm. You can put five ninety nine for limited commercials. I'm not doing no. You also, but Vince, because I'm just watching one show. There's what, nothing on CBS that I watch. You don't want to see the entire run of the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> And scene on that. <laughs> <laughs>